Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. Call now, 800-238-9182. Again, that's 800-238-9182. One. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Radio Law Talk and Radiolawtalk.com. This is awesome, Cal, being here. Uh, we're sponsored this hour by Strauss Naturals, right, Cal? That's correct. StraussNaturals.com. S-T-R-A-U-S-S. StraussNaturals.com. What are they? What? That's a, they do all kinds of, they have a lot of things. It's not just like they do some heart, um, natural, natural hearts, heart uh, drops. Heart drops, and, yeah. And then they have all types of them, more than just, you know, not just one. One's kind of a... Uh, I don't know how does it's like I don't want to say the name of it. It's a, a, a version a, of a cold prevention, yes. a zinc cold prevention product. Yes. yes, I don't want to say the name of the competitor. No, but, I understand. Yeah. But you know, ones that before you go on a plane, you take that stuff, and that, so you try to avoid uh, getting sick. But uh, well, Strauss, thank thank you so much for supporting Radio Law Talk, and, and we, we appreciate. You. We are honored to have them as a sponsor. Right, we are nationwide. It's you can order it online. It's not just like some local business. Uh, we've got wonderful sponsors, but Strauss is worldwide. Anyway, <clears throat> this is Radio Law Talk, 855-LAW-RADIO is our phone number, 855-529-7234. I'm your host, Frederick Penny, with Todd Kunin, Denise Dirks, and our uh, producer, Cal Hunter. Here's the uh, thing that we want you to do. I'm going to have a little bit of fun during this hour. This is hour number two, um, and I'm going to do a live uh, broadcast on Instagram on Radio Law Talk. So, those of you who listen to us, which mainly are people 45 and older, uh, go to your kids or grandkids or whatever and say, can I borrow your Instagram and, and look at our Instagram uh, this hour? Just kind of keep an eye on it. And I'm going to go live as soon as I can, probably within the next 15, 20 minutes, uh, maybe next five minutes or so. And we're gonna, you're going to see what it's like in our studio. You can actually see uh, us behind the scene. I'll, I'll probably do it be. The first break. So Inst- just be prepared. Instagram. Is that like a microwavable Graham Gregor? What are you talking about there? No, yeah. it's uh, there's your Instagram and then there's your Graham. That's what it is. That's all, yeah. all your choices. Oh. You got your Instagram and just your Graham. Instagram. Thought- is that a drug reference? Uh, I'm not taking saying. anything to watch Radio Law Talk <laughs> unless I get it from the pharmacist. And I tell you what, if I have to listen to Radio Law Talk for longer than four hours, I have to call my doctor. I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> we also do all types of impressions here. We talk about the law. And we do, uh, hey, look. Impressions. <laughs> Sorry. Look, you guys missed it first hour. We talked about Harry Art. And now we're going to talk about uh, something else uh, today, actually about Sacramento, California. Yep, that's uh, right. On a case or no case. So hang on with that. We're also going to get into Google paying the state of Washington. Uh, reduced sentences if caught with a small amount of cocaine. That It's like, what? Yeah, that, that's an interesting one. Uh, Avenatti, Weinstein, you know, that's that keeps us uh, busy talking about things all the time. Uh, we're going to talk about hospitals. This is, to me, is one of the most interesting ones. Hospital employees suing over whether or not they have to be vaccinated. Um, and the interesting court ruling, it's the lower court, so be prepared. This is going to go up to the appellate court and Supreme Court. But we're going to talk about that and get your opinions if you want. Remember, uh, seek local counsel. We're not giving legal advice. Look, we're just talking general topics of law. If you want to use us, we always say this, and I'm going to say it again, just use us around the dinner table, especially when the in-laws show up or it's at a party, Christmas, you know, Hanukkah, whatever a special occasion is. Uh, just use it. And when, when the, the in-laws say, you know, Fred, they say, and then you pause them and say, well, I'm going to take your they say and up it to Radio Law Talk says as follows. And you can go to radiolawtalk.com, go to our podcast, and you can type in a search and you can go find that topic on our Radio Law Talk. We are everywhere. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, iHeartRadio. Our are uh, everywhere. So we're, it's when we're totally persuasive, yes, and 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 at this point, it's free. That's yeah, right. Yeah, the F word. Yeah, the F word. Free. So uh, look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The F word. Yeah. So before. <laughs> so you're so foul mouthed. So free is four. It's a four letter F word. That's right. Well, ooh, hey, well, there you go. Ain't they all? <laughs> All right, Cal, just give us a case or no I'm, case. Let's, okay. let's, just, just set it. Let's get I it got set it. Here up. we go. Here we go. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. Yay! To Sacramento, California we go, where Gloria and her husband Bill lived in a dementia care home. One day, staff claimed that Jill became overly upset while in the facility dining area, so they packed her up and hauled her off to the emergency room, although nobody knows why. She was there for hours, and she calmed down, and she was cleared for a return to the facility. But the facility refused to take her back. Her son decided that she, he needed a place for mom, so what better place than back with the husband? He got an attorney and went to that attorney and knocked on his door and said, Hey, they won't take my mom back. Case or no case? Uh, Fred, we started with you last time, so Mr. Kunin, you get to do this one first. So does the facility that... As you said it, packed up mom mm -hmm. and sent her to the well, hospital. The, yeah. <laughs> Do they have an obligation to take her back once the uh, medical services has been provided? Yeah, I think that's provided. the premise of the... Of the so so here, here's what I'm going to say. Um, do we have any other information? Was it was it just a medical emergency? Do we know if she if there were any terms and conditions it, it that were violated? It wasn't an emergency. She she just became agitated as people with dementia are wont to do, and they said we we can't have her in the dining room. She's throwing food and throwing plates and stuff. Let's get her out of here. Somebody said Harry Art, yeah. and I felt like I was in a seventies disco. <laughs> right. So they so they took her off to the emergency room, and they you know gave her some medicine to calm her down, and and there we go. So, All right. Yeah. Well, here's what I'm going to say. All right. I think this is a case, and I think that not only is this a case, but the son, it was the son who consulted the lawyer, yes. 
And I think they're going to win because the care home can't. You're there to provide a service for people that have this mental disability. And you cannot deny service after you have contractually obligated yourself to provide service for just such an occasion. So I think they went on a breach of contract theory, and and they have to take her back. Although, question, I guess this isn't, this goes beyond, but do you really want to have your loved one in a care facility that has taken it to litigation to try to prove that they shouldn't have them back? I mean, you think you're going to get great care at that point? But well, I think the other question that comes up is, if not there, where? Who else will take her at that juncture? And I think that was probably a thought of the son when he... Put her on a cruise ship! <laughs> yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, what do you do? Put her on a cruise. Oh, I was on a cruise ship. It was a, it was a dinghy in a pool. But whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I say it's a case All and the sun wins. patients on a cruise ship? Yeah. You? That'd be interesting. Well, no, probably oh, the not. conversations. What you, I'm the Duke of Earl. Okay, okay, Denise, what say you? <laughs> I, I think that the facility can argue that she is a danger to other um, other habitants. Um, so it would not be a breach of contract because I think there's an exception for all senior living facilities about aggression. Um, and about even if they have like a, a civil harassment or any kind of a, a, a criminal action, you know, um, even a misdemeanor, they can keep and preclude them from being in the home. So I'm going to say that it is a case and that the uh, facility wins. Okay, interesting. Uh, Mr. Penny, what do you think? Is this, this a case or no case? Denise nailed it. Denise just hit it right on the head. That's the first thing I thought is it is a case. And there's a, something in the contract that we're not reading that are exclusions and that allows them to either kick someone out or not allow them back given certain situations. And as you said, oh, about the contract, Todd, I bet the contract leans toward the, the care facility. And what is their remedy? They can pull dad out and go put them somewhere else together. And so it is a case. And grandma loses. She's out on the street. <laughs> Sad. Some, you know, sometimes life is tough, especially yeah. as it gets near the end of life in this kind of a situation. Yeah. So we'll give you the answer to case or no case. When and we we'll, we'll, we'll put Cal in a home soon. So we'll, we'll know what's going on soon. We'll yeah. be able to put one in live. Gosh, I hope my wife's not listening. <laughs> we'll be back after this. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Radio Law Talk on your favorite radio station and, of course, on RadioLawTalk.com. Now this. This portion of Radio Law Talk is brought to you by Strauss Naturals. For more information, go to StraussNaturals.com. That's S-T-R-A-U-S-S, StraussNaturals.com. Wayne Elliott here to tell you about my experience with Strauss Naturals Heart Drops over the past 20 years. Strauss Heart Drops saved me back then and changed my life forever. It's hard to describe how invigorating it is when you support your healthy blood flow everywhere. There is scientific evidence that Heart Drops ingredients help maintain healthy lipid concentration. Cholesterol is in the blood lipid group. This supports blood flow, our body's most important function. I was able to maintain a healthy heart and blood flow. Strauss Heart Drops work, I can assure you. No contraindications with pharma drugs. Strauss Heart Drops are safe, and Strauss guarantees your satisfaction with a hassle-free guarantee so you can't go wrong and certainly have nothing to lose. I've seen folks taking heart drops that have greatly improved their lives. Available online at StraussNaturals.com. Thank you very much.
These products may not be right for you. Always read and follow the label. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800 918 1376 Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him, like, a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy, too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic. And maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call Pet Joy right now. 800-711-9218. 800-711-9218. That's 800-711-9218. Radio Law Talk. I like that show. Now it's time for more Radio Law Talk. I like that show too, Cal. I think it's great. So we were talking about case or no case. This is about uh, grandma and grandpa in a a, a rest home or a a senior living facility. Grandma has a little bit of an episode and kind of falls off the wagon a little bit. They take her to the hospital. She's got dementia a little bit, and uh, they didn't want to bring her back to the care home says, sorry, we're, gonna, we're not going to admit you back. We don't want you here. You're a little disruptive, generally speaking. Gra- even though Grandpa's here, he's okay. But uh, So the son sues, and uh, Denise and I say that the loss, it is a case, 
and that the son loses and uh, grandma loses because there's going to be exceptions uh, in their contract. Todd said, nope, contractually they have to let her back in. So what say you, Cal? Well, here's what I say. For those of you who say this was a case, who would say that? <laughs> that would be all three of you. Boy, I really fooled you there, didn't I? Okay, so all I can say is congratulations to you there. You got that? Oh, right. Okay. All, all right. right. Now, no, 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 no. The son got an emergency hearing, and the court ordered Gloria, who was now 82, and Bill to be reunited in the facility. But sadly, it never happened. Both of their fragile grips on life slipped away before all of their appeals were exhausted. But, Mr. Coonan, congratulations to you. Yes, Todd. The court ruled that the facility violated her rights by not letting her back in and by not giving her written notice that they would hold her bed until after she was treated at the emergency room. They're required to do that, apparently. Oh, the facility. A lot of strict rules. Yep. So the facility was punished, and even though they lost, they continue publicly to disagree with the court ruling. And from Sacramento, California, that, ladies and gentlemen, is case or no case. Oh, Todd. You smoking. got one. Yep. I got one. one. He got two. I, I'm, I'm sure that uh, wow. continuing to publicly disagree with the ruling that they were in their right to kick somebody to the curb is is going over well with the ad campaign. Well, their new public relations firm has yes. quit, and they. Know, <laughs> I mean, it would it would be a hard yes. thing to Do, establish. Yes, welcome to Shady Acres uh, Treatment Care. Do what we say or else. Shady yeah. Acres. Shady <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Whatever. Shady I mean, acres. they have they have a lot of rules they have to function under. I know that there, there's no way that nursing right. homes can possibly know all of them, but I know this: when you've got an old lady, you don't just say, "Well, I'm so sorry, we can't take you back." Well, I'm not going to get into detail here, but I do know an individual that does own a number of nursing homes. Yep, so do I. And he has sold them, and the, a quote from him is, "The regulations are so onerous." I'm done. Were, were they nationwide or California? He's out of California. Yeah. He said it is so onerous. I mean, they're, they're both. The, but, the federal yeah. regulations are pretty stiff, he, too. They just but, said, yeah. he goes, I can't. But guess what? He was smart. He kept the facilities and leases them out to now these new national companies that come in and you know buy up all these uh, care homes. California has never seen an industry they wouldn't like to regulate. Isn't that true? <laughs> oh, yeah. no. oh, well, let's go in there and get in. Oh, you, know, you have no oversight. But well, at, we'll fix that. But That's at any rate, if you have someone going into a nursing home, ask about their rights and make sure you understand them before they... Cal, maybe uh, we should tell our wives that. Huh? I already me. have. I've told my oh. wife that, and she said, well, I wish I could help you. One <laughs> of the difficult when, things. When are you on your way into there? <laughs> I'm heading out to Vegas, man. That's what are you right. talking One about? One of the difficult things for nursing homes yeah. as well is given the ages of the folks that are there, anything that comes in that is that might be something close to physical abuse or something close to like some sort of financial they give a tip and they weren't supposed to and money not only is it either physical abuse or theft or something like that but you also get the enhancement of elder abuse tacked onto that yep that's right and it makes it very difficult trouble damages oh yeah in the civil context yeah. so uh very very tough there's, there's and, and criminal conduct is a uh, criminal look law as well. Well, yeah. next hour we're going to West Virginia. We're going to school in West Virginia for case or no case. Mm-hmm. There that, you go. Okay, okay. well, I was... Back I was, to school. I'm not going to comment on that one. But. <laughs> well, that was the whole point, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I better Are not we going to take a country road? Yeah. Uh, uh, West, West, West Virginia? With, with our mountain mama. Okay, yeah. great. Of course we are, yeah. <laughs>
Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the Google Pay Watch, paying state of Washington. This one is a little bit interesting about campaign finance laws. Um, I am doing our Instagram live. I am going to post it right now. So go to Instagram, and I'll try to post it on our uh, Twitter account, um, maybe even our Facebook of Radio Law Talk. Um, but while we do this, why don't the two of you talk a little bit about this finance lawsuit? It's a Basically, there's two of them going on. There's the one that uh, happened in the state of Washington, and there was another one in another state where there's certain rules about when a candidate – Right when a candidate runs for political office and they run ads, yeah, there's, there's a there's rules. a Washington law, um, and it's it was a, a law that was actually enacted by the people. They voted on it and they had it come in, and that was that any kind of um, a company that takes ads, if if they take a political ad, they have to note who is the um, behind the the payment. Uh, how much they paid for it, and they have to keep those details, and they have to disclose those details. And this has been, I think, um, an enacted in, I think it was like 1970s. Yeah, it was it's been 80, a really, it was early 1972. On. 72, yeah. Yeah, 1972, and it's called the Washington's Campaign Finance Law. And the people like it, So, but they have now brought against Google and Facebook two separate and distinct lawsuits. Because they say that all of the television, all of the radio stations, you know, all of the other media is um, definitely keeping up with this law and and honoring this law. But Google, in two times in the last three years, has not, has violated this law, or at least allegedly violated this law. But Google has been smart. They paid 200000 the first time, plus attorney fees, to the state of uh, Washington to get rid of that lawsuit. And now they just paid $400,000 to the state of Washington to get rid of that lawsuit, plus attorney fees. You know, the... the, Go go ahead, go ahead. Denise said they say. She did, she did. And I I hope Google can weather this. I mean, their market, their gross (laughs) revenue last year was only $181 billion. So I think this $400,000 total might set them back. And the lawsuit against (laughs) Facebook is still continuing, and they're challenging the constitutionality of this law. It's interesting. It's interesting. But guess what? That's like taking a a nickel out of your pocket. Not even a nickel, like a penny out of your pocket. Uh, Actually, less than that. But we're going to be back. We're going to talk more about what's going on with uh, the Supreme Court and low-level crack cocaine offenders. Mm. We'll be back. That's something interesting for Cal. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) Stay tuned. There's more Radio Law Talk coming up right here. You stay there. We'll be back. We promise. Don't go away. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him, like, a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. 
and they are able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, tax doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. Medicare rules are confusing. They should be. There are over 130,000 pages of regulations. There's Part A through D, Medicare Advantage, and Medigap. According to the CMS, there are government programs available that can help you pay for your medical expenses. Choosing the right Medicare plan is a really big deal. The wrong choice can cost you a lot of money, and the right choice can put more money in your pocket. Call one of our licensed representatives today. At 65 Plus Medicare, our free service can show you a plan that will maximize your Medicare benefits, ensure you are taking advantage of all available government assistance programs, and save you money. Plus, call right now and get a free report on how to avoid costly Medicare mistakes. Call now. 800-220-7612. 800-220-7612. 800-220-7612. Brought to you by... Now it's time for more Radio Law Talk. Welcome back to the most exciting, entertaining, and uh, I always say sometimes informative show on earth. Remember, seek counsel. We're not giving legal advice. Uh, We're just talking about general topics of law. Call call us at 855-529-7234, 855-LAW-RADIO. At this time, we're going to talk about, you know, we have a guy that does been around the block once or twice uh, in, in many areas that we can talk about, but we're going to talk about the law specifically. He's been around the block as a former prosecutor and now a criminal attorney handling uh, criminal cases out of California. Uh, Todd, what is this reduced sentence issue with, uh, apparently it was in the 1990s or 80s that it was this law was passed uh, that allowed, uh, that basically made it uh, a, the judges were required to give hot, bigger sentences to individuals uh, who had crack cocaine because crack apparently was a big issue going on compared to other types of uh, – That is that right? That is correct. You know, look, up until about the uh, 90s and in the 2000s, the prevailing thought here in, in the criminal justice system was – well, if you want to curb behavior, just go ahead and make the penalty bigger. So, so if we don't like this thing happening, we'll go ahead and put people behind bars for a lot longer. And statistically speaking, when they, when they look at it and they analyze it, that doesn't really lead to the cause and effect that they think that it does. It doesn't re- lead to a reduction like they thought of the criminal activity. Because what happens is you put somebody in prison for a long time and they get in there. Sometimes they get institutionalized, especially if they have a a low level amount of cocaine. They get put in prison for a 10, 15 year period with career criminals. And that person who made a mistake goes to prison and then comes out. And now they have become, after 15 years, the very type of person you're trying to prevent in society. And that's what we have found out. So in the 80s, when we had the uh, crack cocaine epidemic, and it just it was off the charts. This is back when the uh, cartel south of the border are pumping stuff north, and and 
the United States decided, all right, we're going to do what we've always done. We're going to make the penalties for possession even stiffer. And so somebody that had a couple of grams of crack cocaine, which, you know, is a minuscule amount, would receive the same sentence as somebody that had a pound of it or more. And, and we're talking double digits in prison. And this was the law out of the 80s. Well, in, uh, let's see, in 2010, the Congress started passing laws to reduce when they saw that, look, this is leading to prison overpopulation and the folks that are coming out, the recidivism rate is still higher. So back in 2010, Congress started to re- you know, reduce the sentences of, of people that were being convicted of crimes, of, of drug crimes. And this continued all the way up to, you know, was it 2018 was the First Step Act, another in this series of acts aimed at reducing sentences. And as part of that, it was, look, if, if you're in prison and you're convicted of this low-level crime, you can't apply to be resentenced under the new law so that now you can get out because we'll do it at the way Sentencing is now. So in 2010, they changed the law to provide for lower sentences. And then in 2018 came in and said, oh, by the way, for certain offenses, if you were convicted under the old sentencing guidelines, you can have your sentence reduced. Apply for that. But there were so many laws out there, not all of them got the same treatment. And that takes us to what the Supreme Court ruled this last week. An individual up on appeal was claiming that he should be subject to the resentencing, and unfortunately, the Supreme Court was forced to disagree with him. He had a minuscule amount of cocaine, comparatively speaking, but was serving in a sentence similar to somebody that had a pound or more of it. And when the case came before the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court said, now this is very important, listen to this, the Supreme Court said, we cannot grant you the relief that you want. You're losing on appeal because we have to follow the law as it is written. Now, that's a key distinction here uh, that you really need to pay attention to. Judges don't create law. Judges interpret the law that was created by the legislature and signed into law by the executive. And if it doesn't say it in the law, the judge can't create it. Just out of fiction, that's what they ruled here. And so one of the dissenting or one of the judges wrote in the opinion that it's not that we don't feel for you. You should have this uh, this relief that you want, and this is something that's easily remediable by Congress if they just go ahead and change the law. They write into the law specific guidelines that address your specific situation but the way it was written his specific offense wasn't covered so that's that's what we that's what we get out of uh, the supreme court with this they basically said uh too bad so sad we want to help you out but we just can't follow that they said congress do your job better there there was a that's what they basically said exactly there was there was a, a a big case about three months ago out of the state of minnesota and this dealt with um whether or not a person can be convicted of sexually assaulting somebody that was intoxicated if the person that was assaulted was voluntarily intoxicated. So if, if the defendant didn't get you drunk or didn't force you to drink or slip a drug to you, if you were voluntarily intoxicated, can, can the defendant be convicted? And it made waves, and, and the Supreme Court in Minnesota was excoriated because they said, no, 
You can't be convicted in Minnesota if the victim was voluntarily intoxicated. And everybody that was hammering on the court, I wish they'd read the opinion. I did. The court reluctantly did so. They said, look, we can't create the law. But this was the way the legislature wrote it, and it didn't specifically cover that scenario. And they need to fix this if they want it covered. But we just interpret the law. The legislature passes it. And I think Minnesota is working on that now. But that's what happens sometimes. Again, you know, we're I mean, we're a law and order. We all believe in law and order. And there's things that are, you know, uh, that, that, that like Denise said, do your job, uh, government, Congress. Right. But here's the thing that just. I just, I got to be careful how we say this because, you know, we believe if, you, if you're doing something wrong, you need to be punished. But golly, 15 and a half years, 3.9 grams of crack cocaine. By the way, that is, I don't, I don't remember hearing you saying this, the same weight as four paper clips. Now, again, it's a very bad thing, you know, crack cocaine and, and what it can do to people and how it harms people. Fifteen, and I know it's it's it, so addictive is yeah, the problem. I, I know, and I know this is not just a one-time offense. It's because of you know multiple offenses, but fifteen and a half years for four paper clips weight of ooh, that's rough. That 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 is tough. You're, you're being sentenced as a as somebody that possesses it for their own personal use. They're essentially being sentenced along the same guidelines as somebody that would possess an amount that would be equivalent to somebody that was actually selling or trafficking in it. And those are two very different behaviors. It's not to justify one or the other, but you've got to put these offenses on a on a, on a line of severity. And not all cases bear the same weight and detriment to society. And clearly trafficking and sales of drugs is far more detrimental on a larger scale to society than somebody that possesses it for their own use. Not to justify that, but the penalties need to be different, not the same. Go ahead, Ken. Well, somebody took a risk and said, you know what, I know this is against the law. I know it could run me up for 15 years, but, man, it's so worth it. I'm going to take this with me. I'm going to take this. I'm going to use it. Sometimes they don't think on my that body. way. But, how, how? but sometimes, Cal, they're not thinking that. Because, you know, you, you've dealt with people like this. They're just – they're, they're not they're, – they're, they're so addicted that they just don't know what they're doing half the time. I mean, they, they do to some degree, but they're just – they can't help themselves. And, and the thing is, is I, I agree with you on half of that. They know it's against the law, but they don't always know – what it will actually get them. Because remember, I believe this was a federal offense. And if you commit a crime, most of the time, if somebody commits a crime, they think they're going to be arrested by local police and prosecuted by the local DA subject to local law in that jurisdiction. They don't really stop to consider that I could be prosecuted on the federal level for this. And things might be vastly different for me. And 15 years, too. And not only that, guys, I hate to say it, people that are doing this stuff are not what would no, be known as people that think ahead Not of life. thinking that far ahead. Yeah, That's a good point. don't think that far yeah, ahead of life. Point. So uh, I just don't like the extreme nature of, you know, g- given who they're letting out of prisons right now, right? Um, you know, again, it, it's not a good thing. We're not saying that that, that is something that you want to, you know, condone. But doggone it, 15 years. I think they figured out it wasn't working. So Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, they did. Yeah. They did. It was too bad. So when we come back, we're going to talk about Avenatti, the latest in his... Uh, He's got another trial coming up, and the latest on the prosecutors, what they want to, uh, how long they want him to go to jail, and the victim statements. That's an interesting from Nike and his former client. We'll be back after this. We hope you'll stay tuned because right here, where you're listening to Radio Law Talk, there's more coming up. And there's the third hour. 
And remember, we broadcast live every Saturday on many local radio stations and from our website, radiolawtalk.com. Stay tuned. We'll be back. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. My name is Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I've assembled an excellent team of highly experienced personal injury trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. At Penny & Associates, we will aggressively represent you and your family when someone has been injured in an accident. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. For a free initial consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or call 1-800-616-4LAW and ask for Frederick, Stewart, Rob, Kevin, Kent, or Will. That's Frederick Penny at Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers, one 800 616 for law. If your loved one has passed away due to COVID-19, pay close attention to this message. You could be entitled to a death benefit of over $300,000. The U.S. government has set up a fund to pay families relief if they've lost a loved one due to COVID-19. We know this is a hard time for you, and this fund has been set up by the federal government to help ease your pain. The compensation includes a death benefit and lost wages benefit. Time is limited, so we urge you to make a free phone call right now. There's no cost to you for this claim. All legal fees are only covered once you receive your money. So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number. 800-918-7092-800-918-7092-800-918-7092-800-918-7092. Paid for by the IPG Law Group. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. 
So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. If you pay my fee, I'll take your case. Oh, that's dumb. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. And now back to the show. So Avenatti, uh, the judge on win, uh, on Wednesday, a judge, uh, uh, look, the situation was he was found guilty during a trial of basically um, trying to extort money out of Nike according to, uh, and I'm, I'm sure this is all going to be appealed, uh, according to a jury. And what happened there uh, was uh, basically he said he had some information and he had a client by the name of Gary Franklin Sr. He had some information on Nike and if they didn't pay him $25 million, he was going to push it out you know, and, and tell the public about uh, uh, basically a scandal with college uh, college uh, students and, and, and Nike um, allegedly, according to him, uh, pushing certain things on these students. And I'm not going to get into that because I don't want to, you know, uh, disparage Nike on this thing because it sounds like he was kind of off his rocker. So he's found guilty. They, that is his uh, team, just went before the court and asked for a very light sentence saying, look, Avenatti's, you know, a fallen attorney. He's not going to practice law anymore. Everywhere he goes, he's humiliated. He's lost everything. That's enough. Give him like six months of probation. And now uh, the prosecutors are coming back and they bring people in to do what's called a uh, victim statement, Todd. And I know we're jumping to you a lot, but a victim statement uh, is basically, it's usually an individual uh, that talks about, well, you know, he ruined my life this way or that way. But this is Nike coming in uh, with a victim statement and his former client, Gary Franklin Sr. Now, I can talk about that, or Denise, you can talk about it if you want. But some interesting things happened during this victim statement. Um, if you guys want to go on it, or I can talk about it. Well, Avenatti, Avenatti had said that um, he didn't cause any injury monetarily to either of the victims, and they addressed that fully. Um, after Avenatti um, tried to extort the money, and, they, and Nike decided not to, um, pay him. He started to send out different tweets right. and different um, messages publicly about criminal acts going to the top of of, um, of Nike, and um, Nike's stocks fell, and they lost three hundred million, I believe it That's was. That's their estimate was three hundred million. Mil- yeah, yeah, dollars. So that is a huge chunk of change, and then his client said. I've lost so much because I've lost reputation, and now people are not joining my club. And he, it, he has some sort of basketball club or something, yes. some sort of club that he has. Yeah, sports, sports club, club for sure. Sports club. Yes, and um, it just—I mean, the the victim statements were really powerfully made, 
And I think they addressed completely why, um, you know, the the reasons why Avenatti's attorneys were asking for leniency and they're yeah. asking for more time for Avenatti. Yeah. And what bothered him more than anything is, is that he carried out after after they said, look, we're not going to pay this. Um, he still carried out and started tweeting this stuff out and uh, disparaging Nike and which then harmed uh, Gary Franklin Sr., his, his client. Own client. Remember when yeah. we were talking about this way back, I think it was last year, when this happened, and I had said, what is he thinking? He's doing more harm for his client. Right. And you have to put your client's interests before your own. Right. And Avenatti and, did not, you know, for and, sure. And that's a pattern of practice for Avenatti that we had seen. Stormy Daniels, you know, that is, he represented her and her allegations against former President Trump. And, and, and then she has since said, hey, you know, um, Avenatti started working against my interests with regard to certain deals that were going on. And again, was putting the, the, the problem here was he was putting his own celebrity and popularity above the interests of the client. And you have to remember that one of the primary duties of an attorney is you know, with doctors, they have what is it? Do no harm. Right. And that is that was one of the primary things that the that a doctor needs to do for their patients. And attorneys have something similar in the sense that an attorney shall not act to the detriment of their clients' interests, current clients or former clients. And it appears that Avenatti was doing so. And well, that's the allegations in another suit that's going to come to trial next year in Los when, Angeles, right? Uh, this is in Manhattan, oh. um, and that's uh, Stormy Daniels is actually suing him because she said that he defrauded her out of hundreds of thousands of dollars on a book deal, I believe it was for. Yeah, and there's also, he's facing trial in Los Angeles in federal court on charges he cheated clients also. That's, so that's later that's, this year. That's later this year too. But mm -hmm. one thing I want to point out, I want to read one part of uh, his client's statement, and, and which I think, believe it, his name is Gary Franklin Sr., um, which, by the way, I don't know that a court would feel quite as sorry for Nike, other than maybe their stockholders, but feeling sorry for this guy, and this is a quote from him, the actions of Mr. Avenatti have destroyed my reputation in my community. Enrollment in my club is at a record low. I no longer feel welcome in places I once felt comfortable. I have struggled with my mental health. My family has suffered because of Mr. Avenatti's actions. This scandal is now the first result when you Google my name. So, look, uh, I think, you know... When I read uh, Nike's uh, victim statement, I'm like, mm, okay, great. And not, not that they weren't victimized, but I don't know the judge feels the you know heartstring tug. But, man, when this guy stands up there and says that, that's the one that might hurt Avenatti. So when we went into the, the last case we covered, we went into the break. Our last break was about uh, reform in sentencing for drug offenses. And we, remember we were talking about how – not all of the offenses are the same. They need to put out some are, you know, it's not that it's not against the law, but it's not a possession offense is not nearly as bad as something that is a person selling drugs and, and what have you. And I, and I think that we look at this case here and we say that obviously this has nothing to do with drugs, but the sentences need to be uniform with sentences that were handed out in other cases on the federal level. We've been covering the college admissions scandal, right? And, you know, here you got Avenatti's lawyer saying he should get six months 
months in prison. He's probably already got credit for three months. So he'd do another three and then be on home confinement. And yet there are folks that were in the college admissions scandal, another federal crime prosecuted on the federal level, that did upwards of six to eight months in prison. Now, I'm not justifying their conduct, but who was harmed by their conduct in that? You know, they, they who was harmed by that? Maybe one person didn't get a scholarship because their kid did their their kid got in. I can't even talk today. That it, I don't want to say that that doesn't make them a victim. It does. But when you compare that to the revenue and the people that were harmed by Avenatti's actions in this case and just so many more victims out there because of what he did as a result of what he that were impacted as a result of what he was convicted of. This sentence has to be more than what some parent got for greasing the kids to get their kid into school. It has to be. And I'll be curious to see what the judge does. I know they look at it and, well, you know, that was one case and this is apples and oranges and stuff. But still, it's all about the severity of the crime. And I think what he did deserves more than what his lawyers are asking. And I do have to say that I believe when lawyers do crimes, it does impact um, the reputation of all lawyers. And when lawyers do crimes, it is especially heinous because they are almost a fiduciary to their client in some ways, um, at least of their interest, they are fiduciary. And if he's self-interest and taking the monies, then I believe that it, it, there should be um, some thought as to that as well. I remember when we first started covering the Avenatti case, especially as it relates to Nike, and Fred raised some, raised some points that I, that I really liked, and they were along the lines of, well, look, we get into a dangerous situation where we start talking about attorneys maybe facing criminal liability for things they say in the middle of negotiations. Right. Okay? That's exactly and, what I and because when you engage in negotiations as an attorney, you kind of have to police yourself. And I think you're entrusted, if you don't want to face criminal liability, with a certain amount of self-policing in the way you engage that. Now, the jury found that Avenatti went far beyond now He's tweeting that. That's out. a tweet. And, and, he he yeah. actually acted upon his threat. Yes. And that's what makes the criminal act, I think. Well, it's also extorting Nike. It's what he told them he was going to do if they didn't pay him the $50 million. Because of that, you're right. It makes it more difficult because it speaks right to what Fred said. We need to be able to do this as lawyers, and he has made it eminently more difficult for that to happen. Right, now. right. For us to, to, to fight the other side, you negotiate. When you're trying to negotiate a settlement, you pound on each other. But where I think Denise nailed it, where he went over the edge is he started tweeting out things that were not necessarily true. We're going to be back after this, hour number three. We appreciate you listening to Radio Law Talk and invite you to stay tuned because, as Fred said, there's another full hour coming up, either live on your local radio station or, of course, live at radiolawtalk.com. There's a listen live button. Just give that a little push and boom, there you go. We'll see you back here in about six minutes from now. Seven minutes. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. Some people say the USA is finished. It's evil, a has-been. 
people of hate and injustice. The U.S. Constitution should be trashed and the Bill of Rights abolished. No free speech, no gun ownership, competition and free markets are bad. We're all too stupid. For our own good, the government must own everything and know all your secrets. Other people say that America has created the freest, richest, happiest, most generous society that has ever existed in the world. That's why millions of people are desperate to come here and escape their brutal lives in Cuba, Venezuela, North Korea, and 100 other countries. In America, we have the right to succeed, the right to our own living, the right to have a family, the right to believe in God, the right to have our own ideas, the right to be safe and secure, and the right to be left alone. Where do you stand? Help us save the Constitution and restore the American dream. Go to SaveMyFreedom.com. Brought to you by the American Media Council.